Hey, I'm Phil. And I'm Chris. We are two dads who share one simple goal, to be better fathers to our kids. That involves more time together with our families, more books, more movies, more board games, and most importantly, more meals together. And if we're going to spend more meals together, we need to be better cooks. So this is us trying to figure that out. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. Hey, Phil. Hey, Chris. (laughs) How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm so good. I, I was just laughing because right before we started recording, one of my one of my acoustic tiles fell right on my head. Sorry about that. I'm sure you got a good laugh of it yourself. The sky is falling. I feel yeah. like Chicken Little. I think the times that that's happened to me, it's been like behind my camera, so you haven't seen it. But it has happened to me is the point there. It's all smoke and mirrors. I just, I just thought everything you do is perfect, even your... Little home recording studio is so perfect. Now I guess we're on the same plane, so that's good. Is that a 747 there, Phil? I don't hear anything. The plane that we're on. <laughs> I thought maybe there was a plane that flew over and I just didn't hear it. <laughs> no, you can't hear it because your acoustic tiles are working so well. Exactly, exactly. So, Chris, have you have you been making anything inspiring this week, changing changing the world? Uh, I I did a, I did a fair bit of cooking this weekend. Spent a fair bit of time in the kitchen. Last night, I actually gave our uh, chicken velouté and one of its derivatives sauces a go. Made a, it was like a, a chicken. It's a great album, by the way. Derivatives. Yeah. Is that a, is that a. It's the bald beardy guy. Oh, yeah, William. Fitzsimmons. Willie, Willie, Willie Fitzsimmons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't listened to him for a while. I kind of forgot about him. No, that's a fantastic album. It really is. Great artist. But yeah, I made a, a chicken velouté white wine sauce to go with a roasted chicken that we made. It was like a, a whole roasted chicken. Because Whole Foods was having a sale on, it was like $6 for a whole chicken. So Is this like a, like a Cornish hen? Sure. Nah, like a chicken. Wow. That's a good deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, so that, that turns into obviously dinner, but then probably another three or four meals, like really easily. We just have a ton of chicken now. But the chicken velouté sauce was really, really good. It was interesting. It was a super well-balanced sauce. See, so I made that. And then, okay, so this one I was actually really excited about. It was so good. Again, also like a really interesting balance of flavors. So it was actually a pasta. I don't even know how to describe the sauce. It was like a mustard-based sauce that didn't really taste like mustard. Again, uh, white wine. It was like a, a white wine, heavy cream, and mustard sauce with with sausage and basil. And seriously, I'll, I'll send you this recipe, Phil. It was otherworldly. So good. Just this really interesting <laughs> mix of balance of flavors. Also, another super, super easy recipe. Well, I love so, mustard. So it was super, it was, it's not I'm overly mustard mustardy. It's, it's not, it's not like, like you think mustard in a pasta sauce. It sounds so weird. That sounds like wine tacos, which I heard <laughs> were fantastic, right? Dude, those <laughs> things are so <laughs> awful. It just sounds terrible. Yeah. But this, this doesn't taste like mustard. It, it balances out with the, the cream and the basil and the wine and just really is worth trying. Really is worth trying, Phil. So I will 1,000% make those. Your whole chicken, you? though. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This is kind of speaking my language because I think the meal we've probably made the most on our smoker since we got it in the middle of summer has yeah. been a beer can chicken. And okay. I feel like... I feel like some people are going to be listening to this, some people that I know, and they're going to be tired of me talking about it <laughs> because I feel like every time I'm around people, I talk about how much I love beer can chicken. I can't help it. It's so good. The first time I made it, the recipe that I looked up 
said that it doesn't matter what kind of beer you use. And I enjoyed it. It was it was good. It was actually during a little bit of a lockdown. You know, like stores were closing really early, kind of yeah. in, the, in the first part of the lockdown. And so the only place that I could get beer is at a gas station. And of course, you're limited to canned beer. And the only canned beer that they had was domestic, like Budweiser. So that's what I got. I got uh, got the classic Budweiser ale. And I enjoyed the I enjoyed the beer can chicken. It really wasn't bad. I mean, it was it was great. The second time I made it, I was able to pick up an IPA from the grocery store, and don't don't really quite remember what the IPA is. Something local. Completely changed the flavor. Like the acidity level of that IPA was amazing yeah. in this beer can chicken. So that's what I've been using since then. I, I am kind of feeling a little bit curious, and I might try something else. So I did dive into your your biscuits and gravy that you made the other day. Yeah, I, I was curious about doing a gravy. Of course, you know, we do breakfast for dinner all the time in our house. When it's not beer can chicken, it's breakfast for dinner. And I made the gravy completely from scratch without following any recipe, didn't even look one up. And I was a little proud of myself. Yeah. It, it totally turned out, you know, I, I started with a bechamel and then added some salt and pepper and garlic powder and onion powder and some sage. And it really, really worked. Matter of fact, my, my wife came back for seconds, so I count that as a win. So anyways, all that to say, I love a good beer can chicken and I think I'm becoming better at what I'm doing, you know? I mean, we started this podcast to get better at what we're doing, better cooks, better chefs, better dads, better husbands. So we're getting better. Better human beings. It reminds me, the what's that? Better human beings, maybe. Better human beings, a better version of ourselves, right? I've always loved that, to be a better version of yourself. (laughs) Do you remember when I had just gotten married and I invited you and friends over for a Sunday afternoon barbecue, and which really was just like hamburgers and hot dogs on the grill and it was in Ashley and I's first apartment I made these hamburger patties that first of all the fat content was way too high because they shrunk uh, way too much on the grill and then secondly I just must have done a horrible job measuring out these you know these hamburger patties the the meat for them because dude like seriously they were all different sizes but none of them were large enough for the actual hamburger buns and I just remember being so embarrassed that this is what I was serving. Imagine a slider on the size of a regular hamburger bun and they were burnt and they were charred. But, you know, one of the reasons that I think they were probably that some of them were charred at least was because, you know, they were different sizes. They don't cook evenly. Anyways, I wouldn't dare make that mistake again. But, you know, Chris, one of the ways that you can ensure that that's not going to happen is if you don't eyeball it, <laughs> you know, weigh, weigh the ingredients, weigh the meat. Yeah. Make sure they're all, all the same. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds like a great idea, Phil. Great. Just weigh it. And that's a wrap. <laughs> that's all we got well, for you today, glad, folks. Glad we finished that one up. You don't take me for a measuring cup kind of guy. I don't know. Are you? I mean, you were talking about measuring flour in a measuring cup. Well, sure. I mean, it, it can work. It does work. It's worked for hundreds of years. There's a better way, though. Hundreds Phil. of years in my own household, it's worked. There's a better way, though. Yeah, I think so. Chris, when you make your macaroni and cheese from a box, do you weigh your ingredients? Do you measure out the milk in a measuring cup, or do you put it on a scale? When you're making your peanut butter and jelly sandwich, do you, do you measure out the bread, Chris, and do you put it on a scale? Grams of bread. Chris, when you're filling up a glass of water to drink, 
Do you put it on a scale? Actually, Molly's parents have a refrigerator that tells you how many ounces it has dispensed. That does not surprise me. It's pretty fascinating. But yeah, no, I, as with so many things in my life, I feel like this is just the common refrain. It's like, I just, I had no clue what I was doing until Molly. But seriously, like. Does she enjoy that? Does she like that? I don't know. I have no clue. I never realized how. I don't know, like a kitchen scale seemed so, I don't know. I don't know if it it felt unnecessary or if it felt like too complicated or fancy, but I never had one. She always had. She's, you know, she bakes. She's a baker. Yeah. Yeah. And man, I use that thing for everything now. Not the least of which is our coffee. Okay, let's talk about coffee then, because, you know, this this is like my coffee year. Like I'm starting to take it seriously. Okay, yeah. And I, I need to know. Walk me through the perfect cup of coffee. Well, how how are you making your coffee? What type of brewing method are you using? French press. Okay. We had we had many years with the French press. And I think coffee, like a lot of things in the kitchen, is actually so largely based on consistency. Obviously, like your beans are gonna change the flavor of your coffee, but like the overall quality largely really has to deal with consistency. So you have a lot of variables when it comes to coffee. I think you have you have your your actual bean and that you're using the, in the roast, but then you have the grind size. Right, Daddy likes to grind. So the temperature of your water, the ratio of coffee to water, and then if you're using something like a French press, how long you brew it for. And then not just how long you brew it for, but with the French press, there's obviously methods that go along with that as well. You know, letting it bloom, making sure yeah. you stir it before you press it, yes. things of that nature. But yeah, like some of those things that you, you're talking about, you still actually do. So um, kind of that initial bloom to, you know, brewing it. But uh, yeah, it's just maintaining consistency. So like say the, the kitchen scale is what we're talking about. And being able to have a consistent coffee to water ratio, I think really can change the quality of your coffee, your morning cup, Phil. So I, I don't know, like, what type of ratio do you use? I think right now with a lot of the coffees that we've been getting, I think I'm about like a 20 to 1 ratio. So 20 grams of water to every one gram of coffee. Okay, that's super interesting. We're definitely not there because we haven't been weighing anything yet. But I want to get there. I think thus far, and maybe maybe you can do some super quick calcs in your head, but I've been doing about a tablespoon and a half of beans to eight ounces of coffee, of water. So what does that figure out to? Okay. Do you, do you actually, well, the coffee side, I don't know, but eight ounces of water, I want to say 16 ounces of water is 453 grams. So eight ounces would be half of that. So it's 220. There's 28.35 grams to an ounce. So it'd be 226.5. I'll take your word for it. Of water anyway. The on the coffee set, I don't know, however much scoopiness you do weighs. Well, I fill up my burr grinder and that makes two cups of coffee. Let's put it that way. Wait, you're doing, we're only doing 260 some odd grams of water? Dude, you lost me, man. Okay, let's see. I mean, every morning we, I am making like a thousand fifty grams. Hang on. No, it's double that. It's, it's per 16 ounces. Yeah, so that'd be 453 grams. Yeah, okay. But I think like a kitchen scale is super useful even beyond just stuff like coffee. I made, this is going to sound super bizarre, but I made waffles 
that's not bizarre, but it's like the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Oh, so strange. Oh, first of all, fantastic waffle recipe on New York Times. It is their buttermilk brown sugar. Okay, so for and I just made it as per the recipe for the most part, and it has a whole stick of butter in it for eight waffles. Ah, yes, <laughs> and it was amazing. <laughs> Molly was kind of horrified, <laughs> but. <laughs> It is so good. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think actually like weighing for recipes makes a lot more sense for a lot of things than, you know, just cups and stuff. I mean, especially if you're thinking in terms of adjusting the yield of a recipe. Say, you know, say you have a recipe for 12 waffles and you really only want eight. Adjusting adjusting that recipe by two thirds is going to be so much easier if you're just weighing everything out and you can just adjust those weights because like obviously the ratios are going to stay the same at that point. I'm picturing Steve Martin in a supermarket throwing a fit over the ratio of hot dog buns to hot dogs in the packaging. You know, that's from Father of the Bride, right? Oh, it's so good. I'll try to find a clip for you. Yeah, I could see like where weighing those measurements out might be just a little bit easier than like trying to find your fractions in the in the mass. Yeah, easier to divide out a weight than it is a, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you... Five sixteenths of a cup or whatever. Yeah, if you have like 200 grams of something, being able to just, uh, like if you're doing two thirds, just take that times 0.66. Yeah, 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 right. Fractions, math. The Who worst. <laughs> doesn't belong in the kitchen. So like what other things do you actually use a kitchen scale for, Phil? Well, up until we made our biscuits, really nothing. You know, of course, I learned this neat little trick that instead of just like taking your measuring cup and scooping, you know, into the into the bag of flour, you can actually take like a teaspoon and one at a time pour that into your, scoop that into your measuring cup so that it doesn't pack down the flour. Yes. But I guess one way to bypass all of that would be to just use the scale. Yeah. You know? It would actually be kind of interesting to compare the two, compare a fluffed cup versus like a packed cup and see what what they weigh. I I only know just because of our waffle adventures this weekend, but like King Arthur uses 120 grams as a cup of flour in all of their recipes. So. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't ever look at that. Yeah. So we, we, we could always go try it. And I'd be curious. I feel like we could cut from this episode right now and go try it. You could. I'm too tired. So, I mean, like kitchen scales aren't even that expensive. I think ours is like 10 bucks or something like that. $10, you can $11. actually get them. You, you can get them for free, like at Harbor Freight. They're <laughs> obviously not used for the kitchen <laughs> scale, but yeah, I saw an ad recently. You know, like Harbor Freight's always oh, yeah. giving stuff away. Oh, yeah. And like their value pack ads or whatever. Is that what it's called? Value pack? I don't and remember. Val pack. I think it's just sure. Val pack. Yeah, I saw one in there. It was like a free scale. <laughs> and I just thought, that's pretty much a kitchen kitchen scale. Or another place I saw a free scale was like on a stamps.com ad. Okay. Like sign up and you can get a free scale, yeah. you know, to weigh your envelopes. And I was like, dude, that's totally just a kitchen scale. <laughs> well, okay. So he, here's, here's a question. You know, if you're using a Harbor Freight scale or a stamps.com scale, what functions are those going to have? Probably just like grams is my guess. Yeah, probably. Well, okay, you want to be able to zero out your weight, right? That's like maybe one of the most important functions on a scale. Oh, yeah, definitely. I I think you you absolutely want to be able to to tear it. I don't know if you've messed around with it, but I do think that most actual kitchen scales have volume for liquids as well. 
Okay. So ours... Yeah, no, this is a new world to me. Ours me. has... And so in, in terms of weight, ours has grams and pounds, like pounds and ounces. And then it also has milliliters and fluid ounces. Yes, our scale has both weight and volume. And like obviously... The volume is going to be based on a liquid. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That that might be something that you could go check on your scale at some point. Phil. Yeah, I'll have to do that. Probably about 99% of these podcast episodes that we've done, my wife has uh, felt a little sad for me because she already knows all these things because she's amazing. And I feel like this especially is going to be one of those things where she's like, how did you not know that about our scale, Phil? Well, no, I think it's it's super interesting to be able to actually use a scale to figure out volume of yep. liquids. One of the things that we use it for is honestly like weighing out milk for the little guy. And I guess not, not necessarily weighing it out, but pouring out like a six ounce bottle for him. But it's helpful. It's helpful, Phil. You can do a lot with scales. When was the last time you made <sighs> muffins? It's been a very long time. It's been a very long time, Phil. Like maybe middle school? Honestly, I don't even know. Earlier? I don't know the last time that I made muffins. I just haven't done a ton of baking in my life. Yeah, well, I feel like muffins was like probably the first thing every kid learned to bake. They're fun. You get the little muffin cups, and if you were like me, it was probably a box mix. You just throw a little dollop of batter into each little muffin cup, right? But anyways, like they were always different sizes, every single one of them. And I think in many ways it's that made it kind of fun. But like you know, your hamburgers? Like, like the hamburgers, <laughs> if you want an even, exactly. If you want like an even bake throughout, weighing those ingredients can really come come in handy. So so that your your muffins and your hamburgers aren't so little. Like like weighing the portions. Correct. As as you're putting them in each little tin or cup. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something that I learned everything from Molly, so whatever. We made bagels the other day, and first time, by the way. Have you ever made a bagel, no. Chris? I've watched my wife make bagels. <laughs> okay. So you know that they, like, you boil them for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Helps develop that skin. Yeah, if you want, like, a really good even bake all the way through your bagel, you should weigh the dough. We had some that were like the size of the pot. It was like a little bit of leftover dough. Like, ah, just do that in one. You know, it'll work out. And it like grew to the size of the pot itself. <laughs> it was a massive bagel. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, like if you tasty. have a bigger bagel, it's going to take longer sure. to bake. What else do you use a scale for, Chris? See how much weight you've gained. See which side is heavier in the legal system. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely can make things a little bit easier to weigh them out. So I think I'm on team way. I'm just going to get my Harbor Freight scale, and I'm going to weigh some pepper next time I pepper my steak. Well, at least you know how much there is. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm excited to go eat my curds and weigh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing for that. Okay. Little spider tough it. <laughs> <laughs>